0: Here's what this actually means. Here's what founding a software business means. Here's kind of what that trajectory looks like. And the next one to three years while we build this and get it to a place where we can transition to to it being our full time jobs, like I'm going to have to sit some stuff out.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeing's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Thanks for tuning into this. I said tuning, that's like I'm Australian. Tuning into this episode of the Awesomeing podcast, I'm here with. A crowd today. We got four people in our, our studio, so really excited to sit down with the team of Synaptech. They're going to literally protect your brains uh, with some awesome knowledge and share with you what awesome work that they're doing. So let's go around the table and uh, give some quick introductions of who you are, where you're from, and your favorite color of Starburst. Start with you, James.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, James McCollum. I'm uh, from Lexington. I was actually born in Cleveland, and then we moved back down here like six weeks after I was born. So been here most of my life. Um, favorite
2: color of Starburst. It's probably out of the original pack. Why not? That's pink. Perfect. For sure. Well, thanks, James, for choosing my favorite color, Starburst, <laughs> which is, of course, pink. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking if you pick a different flavor of Starburst. But, uh, <laughs> I'm Doug, uh, also the other co-founder, uh, also husband to the CEO, the brains and beauty behind the Synaptic operation. I'm uh, originally from New Jersey, transplanted to Lexington. I've lived a few different places, but uh, I'm sure we'll get into our journey and how I ended up here.
3: Thanks for the intro, Doug um so i'm kate van pelt i grew up in connecticut massachusetts area um transplanted uh down here in lexington um for jobs with doug and favorite color starburst is actually i combine the red and the yellow into a new starburst so that's
2: my favorite one okay well that's a power move
1: yeah well she's the ceo so yeah well that makes sense the boss. Yep. this podcast we were just gonna sit down and talk and get to know what you guys do again thanks for giving us a quick background that gives us a, a little insight into where you're from. So again, we'll start at the end, talk about what Synaptic is. And then honestly, I would love if we reverse engineered and just go from the very beginning, from from some of your roots, some of the decisions that you guys made, some of the uh, the difficulties, and we'll just go on the journey. So with that being said, I only feel like it's the right thing to do to give you the mic here. Tell us about Synaptech, what it is that you guys are doing, and uh, maybe even throw in why you guys are here in Kentucky.
3: Sure. Um, so Synaptech is a complete concussion management platform aimed at helping clinicians make their concussion care easier. I think most people now know how dangerous concussions can be. Um, and the good news is that we have new protocols and guidelines for how to manage and treat concussions with our increased understanding. But this also means there's a lot of components for clinicians to do and manage. Um, and so Synaptech understands this and is trying to unify and make that easier for clinicians. They could assess their athletes, uh, review the data at their fingertips and make the best clinical decisions possible that they can. Um, and so we're just focused on making that simplified um and really focused on the clinician experience um and the you know idea probably i don't know it's probably a culmination of like maybe my whole life uh so grew up playing ice hockey um and unfortunately you know concussions are part of that i joke my choices i guess were either a concussion researcher or dentist because uh both of those are kind of important for hockey players. Um, but grew up playing ice hockey, fell in love with the brain after studying psychology and figured out, hey, I could study both basically sports and and the brain and landed on uh, concussion. So that's kind of how really the, the ball started rolling, how I got into this field and um, what really made me start focusing on
1: the brain and concussion care. Very, very cool. So again, you grew up playing ice hockey. Have you been to one of the UK midnight hockey games here in town before? So funny enough, not
3: yet, okay. but I have seen them warm up. So I play in the men's league down here and usually we play right before their midnight games. So we're like finishing up and I'm usually leaving, uh, just because I'm old now and too tired to stay. So uh, we're usually leaving and rolling out by the time they're, they're gearing up and starting. But I have heard they're a lot of fun.
1: That's super cool. They, they get so, rowdy. <laughs>
3: yeah, they do. Yeah.
1: Have you on
0: one, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. a ton. <laughs> I, uh, I had some friends at uh, Lafayette in high school that were on the hockey team. And that was kind of Friday, Saturday nights, like trying to find something to do. And, uh, yeah, just head over to the hockey game. And, yeah, it
2: gets pretty wild.
1: Very, very cool. Well, have you played with Keith before? I know he's. You know, a... I was just
2: going to say Keith McBuns yeah. tried to poach Kate so many times to play roller hockey. Uh, yeah, but Kate always tells me the ice versus the roller blades are not the same thing. Yeah, yeah I, I would imagine.
3: break my angle so bad playing roller hockey. So, and
2: I think she also said she doesn't want to make Keith look bad.
1: Well, you know, I <laughs> don't
2: edit that out. Call no, it no I'm not. I'm not. Make Keith. sure, make sure Keith, if <laughs> you're listening, she definitely says that all the time.
1: <laughs> oh, That's such good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and uh, dive in and just like an excessive list.
2: amount of time. She said it.
1: <laughs> oh, Keith. Like I really don't want to make
2: Keith feel bad. And, you know,
1: here's the thing. I'm going to get texted about this in like three <laughs> days after this is posted. Uh, it'll be a fun conversation. <laughs> well, with that, Keith, you're getting roasted. We'll see you on the ice here soon. And uh, again, I want to hear about your journey. So what are some of the roots again? Kate, you shared about studying the brain you grew up playing hockey. This is nothing new for you. Doug, what about you? How did the heck did you end up with getting on track to work with a startup to be married to CEO? Yeah. Let's dive in some of your history.
2: Started with that, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The
1: The marriage uh, happened
2: before the company. Uh, so there was that, but so um, I don't
1: know how much choice you really
2: had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much choice I had in joining. Um, so, you know, um, Kate and I moved down here uh, to Kentucky mostly because of the postdoctoral research I was doing. Um, uh, my background's in exercise physiology, and uh, long story short, I came down here to study uh, muscle atrophy, muscle biology in a lab down here. And Kate found her way and found a research position here, and. You know, Kate, obviously, like she just said, was a, you know, a researcher. She's really involved in the concussion space. And uh, it all started one day when she got an email, actually, from the University of Kentucky Entrepreneurship Boot Camp that they uh, host there, which is available to students, faculty, staff, as well as community members. Uh, So really anybody, that means. And uh, she said, you know, this looks pretty interesting. And I have this idea I've been thinking about. And she's like, I don't know, I'm not gonna take it that seriously. And I, you know, I kinda poked and prodded and she told me about it, you know, how, you know, there's this huge issue where clinicians don't have tools to be managing all of this data and using it in a successful way. Um, you know, it's done on pen and paper, it's antiquated, they don't have modern digital solutions for it. And I said, Well, what's the worst that happens? You do this boot camp and it's not a good idea. I mean, at least you you try it. And you know, here we are today, but that was definitely our first uh, big step and a big shout out to that boot camp program. Uh, Warren Nash uh, um, and Miriam, you mm-hmm. know, and, Christine. A, and uh, Christine Wilds have done a quite a bit for us uh, with that program, and that really got us kickstarted. It really was the first step uh, that Kate took, and eventually uh, uh, myself and then James joined in the second uh, boot camp 2.0, I guess the second semester you can call it of the boot camp, where Kate kind of validated the idea and. <laughs> Found out, yeah, I mean, this is, this is more than just an idea. This is a business. Um, and so that was really the first step we took And uh, taking this from Kate's experience with researchers and clinicians, seeing how they're struggling to use their data appropriately and manage that data appropriately, uh, and, and finally decided to do something about it with a little kickstart from the entrepreneurship boot camp at UK. Heck
1: yeah. Hopefully this does not derail anything. What's the movie with, with, uh, I almost said Will Ferrell, with Will Smith about concussions? Concussion. Oh, 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 (laughs) wow. Man. That was a a softball. Um, I don't think I've actually ever seen that movie, but my mind just thought of it. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that before? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is that? Yeah, we'll let Kate take this. It's her favorite favorite Kate, just just ramble about this. I want to hear from the the expert. Yep. Uh, So the the movie is...
3: Based on the true story of Dr. Amalo, who found the initial cases, well, you could debate that, but found the very early cases of what we call CTE now, so chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So what that is, is basically you can think of it as this buildup of tau, which is like a protein in the brain that should not be there. Um, and it's thought to start and begin to build up when you have these repetitive head impacts. Um, and doesn't have to be a concussion, just repeated head impacts, um, is thought to kind of start the initiation of this buildup of tau. And it's distinct from Alzheimer's, uh, other different neuropathologies. And he was kind of the first one to describe it in, I'm blanking on the NFL player's name, but one of the Green Bay Packers. And it's his story of trying to um, kind of bring light to this. Um, And so it kind of follows his story and his trajectory.
1: Very, very cool. I I did have one run-in with giving a friend uh, a concussion at one point in time. We were wrestling. His head might have hit our front door, and I felt terrible about it. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, I say if you
3: you had siblings, right, or Basically, if you're a guy, you've probably had a concussion. You know, there's there's (laughs) like these like, you know, it's all you know, you have a few probably growing up. It's just a matter of what's the additional risk you take by playing these additional sports and and high contact sports. So
2: I think you've brought up before there's a surprising ratio of concussions in male athletes, especially that occur. uh, We'll just say outside of sport, uh, you know, coming in after a Monday morning after a Saturday night of goofing off yeah mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got a concussion so <laughs> yeah
3: yep yeah. yeah and people Not forget about football that practice yeah.
1: but i mean you know. it could be home football practice <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah 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 so what did you guys do before you again you mentioned how the uk boot camp shout out to everyone from the from the vase team how helpful they were with you guys getting your your first foot down and taking that next step and uh, and here we are a couple years later so what did you guys do before you found a snap tech
3: So I think a lot of it was, one, rounding out the team. So, like, getting James on, right? So, like, I have domain knowledge in concussion, but, like, I can't design anything like, you know, like the startup space was all very new. Um, Business space was all very new, just product development, all that stuff right outside of my my wheelhouse Um, and probably a little bit for for Doug, too. And so we really needed to, one, round out the team. And luckily, Doug and James trained jujitsu together. And so that's kind of how they made that connection um, and we kind of roped James in there. So I think the first part was like rounding out the team, but a lot of it was your initial business model canvas, your customer discovery. Um, actually the, the first idea I brought to bootcamp is like gone, like that, like is totally scrapped and gone. My idea was like to make a scanner, like the TurboTax W two scanner, right? Takes your taxes, you know. The idea was to take those old paper forms, make a scanner to pull that data into a system. Um, no one wanted that, so thank God we didn't build that, and thank <laughs> God James didn't let us build that. Um, and so we totally scrapped that initial idea, and it morphed now into what Synaptic is today. But, yeah, uh, there's definitely a lot of ideas, like, on the the floor now <laughs> that didn't pan out.
1: <laughs> so, James, I hear that you're a hot commodity here in town. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, well, humble, you can tell. Yeah, so what did you do before joining this team?
0: Yeah, um, a lot of what I do... At Synaptech. So my background's in uh web development and design. Um, a little bit of uh product management, project management um kind of interspersed. I worked in uh in the agency world for a little bit, um, here at a, a local agency. And and actually that's kind of before right when I got into the industry um in like twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Um I was I was still in school and and I kind of lucked out on a uh, an internship. I was talking to a guy at a bar I was bartending at, and uh, he introduced me to a guy at um, Able Engine. Uh, got me a, a nice internship there and and kind of learned through the um, through the apprenticeship model. Um, I had taken some some coursework in in high school and and bounced around majors in, in college, just not really knowing what I wanted to do, knowing I wanted to. Kind of create and uh, and and build stuff, um, and there's so many different disciplines you can go into there. So I was kind of bouncing around from major to major, and then landed on this this uh, web development internship, and um, you know it kind of sparked my whole career. And and after that was done, um, I was kind of at a crossroads. I was done with my stuff at BCTC, and and I had started out at UK actually, transferred over to get some some easy undergrads out of the way, and um, was kind of at that crossroads of like finish my bachelor's, um, which I had switched over to computer science at that point and hadn't even started down the path of like actual comp sci stuff yet. Um, was really more like re retaking coursework that I had already either self-taught or, uh, or learned in high school and, uh, had a, a job offer that I applied to and, and, uh, or a, a job posting that I applied to and got a job offer. And it was like, well, I've, had a, uh, a newborn on the way at the same time. And, and I was like, well, I kind of could use more money and less debt. And one of those paths is the clear one there. So, um, I jumped into the, to the, like a local web, web development design shop and, um, spent some time at a marketing agency, like I said, and then, uh, I actually still, um, still work for a, another startup here in town, Vivid Charts. Um, so that's my, my day gig. And then, um, I'm, I've started there when, you know, we, we actually just raised a, uh, like a $2 million plus seed round. Um, but before that, we were like four people, five people, um, very small team, and, and I was like number four or five on the team. And so I was wearing a lot of different hats, but mostly product development and, and kind of filling design roles and um, doing a lot of product management with the CEO, Mitch Stutler. And, and uh, then when the, the team evolved and we were able to add more devs, um, I've kind of morphed into a, a product manager almost exclusively now. Um and then at you know at Synaptech I, I kind of bring those that skill set to you know fill the product role there. So a lot of uh a lot of development in the the Flutter space. And uh Kate actually is a very humble uh second technical co-founder. She uh I we're like a year into Synaptech and I'm like, wait, you can code? Oh yeah, God, I, I think <laughs> and she I, just like randomly was like, Yeah, I built a prototype of of like a, a web uh portal that we we might need in the future. And it took me like Took me like this weekend, uh, and she writes it in R, which is uh, typically like a, a stats language, right? It's like a, like yeah. a massive um, people doing a lot of math, a lot of lot of comp size stuff, a um, lot of statistics and. Um, but they've got a really cool, you know, web platform that she, uh, you know, web framework that she was able to like spin up. And I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, you're just like randomly also a, a technical
2: person, too. So, yeah, like, kid, I'd like you to brag a little more on yourself here. I think he was asking about your, your background and maybe I think you should dive in a little more uh, on your experience as a concussion researcher and data scientist, because that's uh, really integral to your role at this company and what we do and our ethos and what we're trying to do hmm.
3: Uh, I think, you know, it's a nice intro. I think the best way to describe it is probably just a big nerd and like data nerd at heart. So if you want to graph anything, I love to do it. Um, <laughs> uh, love looking at data all different ways. Try to figure out, you know, what's going on there. Like being a data detective, I think, is the best way to, to describe it. Um, it's just a lot of fun for me. So when I was in my Ph.D. studying concussions, um, I had to take some extra Coursework, and so I took a lot of extra stats classes. Fell in love with it, which is hilarious because I hated math as a kid growing up. So somehow now that it was like applied and uh, real, uh, it made a lot more sense to me, and and loved it. Um, so I was able to add a lot of data science experience and courses uh, in my PhD. So I came out with this really great experience in terms of um, stats, data science, but also. G- Concussion knowledge, um, which kind of very nicely marries together for the SnapTech work since we're very sci- data science focused probably a little biased based on my background, but um, also seeing the need there too. Um, a lot of our clinicians, my thought is that they shouldn't be doing data science work, they should be doing clinical work. Um, and that's our job to give them that easy to digest data and format. Um, so let us handle that. You guys do the clinical work and you guys make the clinical decisions. So that's kind of the, the little background there and um, kind of just how nicely it morphed into into SnapTech. my experience.
1: Super cool. I, I've, some of them struggle because I hear you guys talk, and I think I have 17 different questions. Uh, but one of them that just came to me was, so you have all transitioned from being employees at some some sort of company or other startup, and now you guys are running your own startup. So even going back to the boot camp, you mentioned what everyone has to do. You have to fill out your business model canvas, and you do everyone's favorite thing, customer discovery. What did that look like? As you were figuring out how to run your own company, what was it like asking these these clinicians... Uh, and people in the concussive space, that's, I just made that up. Um, yeah. What does that, what does that look like? And how, how do you, how did you let that be really momentum for, for realizing, oh, Hey, this is legit. We got to make this happen. Yep.
3: So, uh, all of us at this point have like responsibilities and and debt and I don't think our moms would let us move back into their basement. So, (laughs) uh, we, did not like move full time to Synaptac before we did that customer discovery. So we all held down our, our full time jobs, uh, nights and weekends doing this customer discovery um, to try and figure out what exactly we're going to build. So that that's how we figured out we weren't going to build that, you know, scanning app platform. Um, but we did it in a very systematic way um, on nights and weekends, just trying to build out, um, you know, what the product needs to do, what, clinicians actually really want and need? And what do those workflows look like? So one nice thing about James not being in the medical space is that he hasn't seen a lot of the other platforms that are out there, which I really liked because then that gave a new perspective and a new solution to what we were trying to build rather than him being informed by what's out there because we're trying to change it. Um, so I let him listen to a lot of the customer feedback, what they said they wanted and needed and then kind of let him run with his design and I think we held you out of like ever seeing like other
0: yeah yeah intentionally yeah like I don't I don't have a, a background in like the medical software space um so there's like a you know a little bit of learning from like the compliance side of things there but um specifically like for customer discovery Kate when she started the the first round so the boot camp was broken up into two different phases um and and they kind of I don't know if you had ever been Kate or Doug exposed to customer discovery in, in like a general census before with anything like that, but they kind of force your hand and they're like, Hey, here's what customer discovery is. Um, and it was more from like a, you know, an idea of uh, like evaluation standpoint and like validation standpoint. Um, and then when it, when it kind of was past that phase and it was like, all right, cool. So we've, we've validated this idea um, now let 's let 's see what it would look like we, you know it 's not just words on a paper anymore what 's this app that you 're talking about um that 's kind of right around the same time when I joined the team um, and i 've run a, a a ton of customer discovery. I actually worked with a lot of um, a lot of really good people that have run it and and i 've kind of been a fly on the wall in most most scenarios but um, a lot of different uh more so discovery from like the the experience perspective like when we 're actually putting Um, fingers to keyboard and writing code or or, you know designing out an interface or something like that so um, it was more so kind of exposing them to what that side of customer discovery looked like Um, and then we worked with some really uh, really great folks over at at transi to do a lot of our um, you know initial customer discovery and some other um, you know some other either uh, friends that that Kate has made and colleagues that Kate's made, um, in her, her time in the field. Um, and, and, you know, any, anybody really that would, would talk to us from a, like a clinician or athletic trainer perspective, um, really first of all, to, to hear their, their actual pain points with the software that they've currently, um, used and, and taking that feedback and saying, okay, like we, you know, I intentionally didn't, didn't look up any, like potential competitors or other, um, large, like electronic healthcare record systems, like an Epic or a Cerner, um, that have, you know, very small, um, capabilities around the concussion space. Um, but I, I didn't want to like, um, come in with any bias, um, to, to building a, a better system. Um, and, and I think, you know, doing some competitive analysis is always important, um, from like a discovery perspective, but, um, in this case, we wanted to be like drastically and overwhelmingly like modern with our approach to their UI, their experience throughout the application, their process, like it needed to marry kind of one-to-one with how they actually interact with these athletes. Cause a lot of times they're taking these pen and paper forms. Um, and it's a very like tangible, um, intimate experience with that athlete as they're evaluating them for a concussion. Like, they're they're literally watching in one point their balance um, in one of the the sections of the the assessment that we focus on, um, and so it, it kind of had to to be a, an intuitive experience in that respect. And a lot of the the software out there just like frankly isn't. I actually read a tweet the other day that was like, "When is healthcare software?" Something to the effect of, "When is healthcare software um, going to?" catch up to like 1995
2: even like it's it's bad or yeah or when when is you know HIPAA compliance gonna stop being an excuse for not having a good user experience yeah that was another good one it was
0: like it just like there's there is a lot of compliance in the space right and and rightfully so you're dealing with like personal healthcare information um and we have laws around it for for that privacy like it, there's a, a reason for it but it shouldn't it shouldn't hold back um you know the the user experience it, it, we haven't had a problem with it at all Uh, not a single instance has, has compliance run into like a, a, had been a barrier for
2: us to, to create a better experience. So. Yeah. I think that customer discovery came a little natural to us. And the fact, you know, especially when brought James on board from his experience, he definitely helped transform how we do customer discovery from a more technical perspective and, and, you know, uh, more as a business Uh, you know, Kate and I luckily from our research backgrounds are all about gathering data You know, having a hypothesis, you know, our our hypotheses about what we think, gathering data, testing that data. Uh, We continue to do that to this day. But um, that was that's actually a really important point. I think that like their unique
0: background being from research and and in the scientific field, um, it's tough a lot of times when you're when you're going through like this, like design specifically, like one component of building a product, right? I mean, there's so much subjectivity and bias and, and like just favoritism towards your idea or thought or what it is. But like, you got to confirm it with people who are going to be using it. Like, is it, is it doable? Like usually the thing that's being proposed is doable. Um, is it, is it viable though? Like, do they actually, are they going to pay for it? Like that's another question to answer in and of itself. Yeah, That, and
1: that shows that you really have a product or a service that yeah, somebody wants. So I mean, they're you could, take their money out. Right, there. There's been, yeah. and there's
0: been times where like. I'll, I'll see like early on, I would see it in Doug's face and he'd be like, but I'm really like this thing, like this idea. And then we would go, we would do some discovery and he'd be like, crap. I know. It. I know I have to say it. we, we don't do it, but like, but that's happened with all of us. Like yeah. I use yeah. him as an example, but it's happened with all of us. Like everybody has their biases and their like their idea that Listen, they think when, is going to be wife like, wife
2: is the boss, you're always wrong. Right. And, I'm just kidding. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Every once in a while you get it
2: right. <laughs> yeah, uh, see that's You know, we're recording, right? Kate? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's funny. His,
0: his rights are like the big rights, like his second day on the job. We got our first sign, co- like customer. Yeah. So it was like, So uh, Dude. What, yeah. Where's this? Yeah. So <laughs> it, was, it was a good, good first week. He yeah. picks
1: and at his battles. Yeah. We so yeah, launched, we, yeah, launched, we actually yeah. launched
0: the app on the app store that week too. So it was yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he
2: really he set the a lot bar. Of, I mean, big I don't want wins. to brag,
1: but you know, <laughs> I think a, actually this is the time to brag. So, so actually Doug speaking, of, I want to hear you talk a little bit. You guys have talked quite a you bit. Sure about that? I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's he's over here, well groomed. I feel like he could be like the a cast of a Marvel movie or something. Yeah, so, well, I mean, yeah, he's he knows what he's geez. doing. Jeez. So you guys obviously have great a great connection. So you all talked about how you've moved from different places. You went from working different day jobs to starting starting a company. What did that look like? How did you guys decide to you know spend nights and weekends to make this happen? What did that look like transitioning from what you did? you know, that wasn't really that cool in the past. Let's be honest Two now being at synaptic. So yeah. Talk me through that, Doug. You seem like you're uh, you like to sit and observe a lot. I want to hear from your perspective, what's gone on the last couple of years.
2: Uh, you know, I, I think it's important for other startups to hear always. Cause I know other people go through this struggle, uh, It's it's a not just the battle of your business and figuring out, is it right, but the personal battle of taking that that leap, you know, Um, Kate, again, is very humble. Uh, She was very successful in her graduate school and in her postdoc. You know, she could continue to be doing concussion research in the academic space if if she wanted very easily. Um, And it's always a scary thing too. you know, going back to what we were talking about before taking that leap even to start exposing yourself right you feel you feel a bit naked talking to someone when you go i got this idea and i'd like to run it by you and you're terrified they're going to be like what are you an idiot no that's <laughs> stupid why would anyone pay for that right you know that's that's uh you know, it sounds silly, but I don't care who you are. You know, at some point when you got get got to get in front of someone who might be a potential customer one day and tell them your idea and do that customer discovery and take that first step. That is a big step. And I think for Kate and I to actually start talking to athletic trainers about our idea was one big step. And then once you start validating that, um... You know, we we have had moments where you you do have to make that decision. You know, once you realize it's a real idea, you have to make that decision. Okay, am am I going to continue down this path in my life where I'm currently going? Or am I invested in this idea enough where I'm going to take this leap? And, you know, three of us have had a lot of long nights talking that through. You know, uh, James has had a lot of changes in his life the past couple of years. I have. Kate has. um, And, you know, we've all reached that point where we had to have that talk and look at each other and say, all right, are we... Are we doing this? Are we going all in, no matter what, and trying to make this work? And um, you know, as a team, you have you have to be all in on it to do the best job you can, right? You know, you can't uh, do it halfway. Um, well, and being willing and comfortable enough to have that conversation,
3: and just being like, "Hey, like, I'm in, but I'm also nervous, right?" Or and because of like X, Y, Z. Um, But I think that's the the big thing is like having that trust and having that open, you know, peace and just being like, hey, this is what I got going on. You know, um, I could do this or I can't do this. Um, And it just it makes it a lot easier to have those tough conversations at some point. Yeah.
2: And I think it it kicks you in the butt a a bit when you when you make that decision. Right. Because now it's all right. Well, if we're going to do this now, we got to figure out how we make that happen. Right. And, you know, of course, uh, everybody's suffered last year with 2020 and the difficulties and shutdowns and that of course hampered us a bit but you know we made the best of it and we used some of that time to refine a lot of things and build a lot of things and do a lot and uh, hit the ground running at the end of 2020 and 2021 with our pilot program and I'd say right you know To give some reference, you know, 2021, we started our pilot program with University of Kentucky um, Sports Medicine, who's who's a customer of ours now, and they use our our product. Um, And once we got it in their hands and really had it in the field and validated that they were using it, they were liking it, it was helpful. Not only did it save time, it was helping them with clinical decisions, it was helping with communication. Uh, They were all on board with the user experience. That's, I think, when we really said, okay, well then, it's time Let to buckle up. We're it, going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah let's yeah. put on the seatbelts and go. Yeah. Uh, but so that's another
3: terrifying moment is when you actually yeah. put like it out there and you're like, here, put your real data in this. Like yeah. that was also terrifying. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but I'd say once we got that pilot program, that's when we said, all right, and and we started to make plans for transitioning out of our our day jobs and and making it happen.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, it's a lot of tough, honest conversations. I think like be, like, Kate mentioned, just having the ability to to you know, have those conversations with your co-founders, you know, we're, we're not a solo founder. Um, You know, there's not, like, it's pretty easy to make, uh, you know, voting decisions. Like, it's extremely democratic with us. It's like, Hey, let's put this up to a vote, you know? Um, But just having the, like, we're all friends, um, but we're, you know, we're also business partners. And, um, you know, we, we had a lot of like, really, like, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to have this conversation, but like, this is a super serious conversation. We need full honesty, transparency. You know, I've got uh, obviously Doug and Kate are married, um, but, you know, they have their own obligations, financials that have to be worried about. Um, you know, I've got a fiance and a daughter and, and the you know, same, you know, from my side of things. And, and just being able to have that open conversation um, about tough decisions like, OK, our goal is to have Kate full time at X date. What do we need to what what boxes need to be checked um, for us to have that? And and it's not just like a product or a business side of things It's like, OK, what you know, what what money in the bank do we need to have to be able to support that while we do a round of fundraising like that kind of stuff where we're like, OK, we you know, we we don't have the luxury of. Like we can take this kind of pay cut and, and be okay, but you know, anything below this and man, it'd just be way too hard to survive until we pull other, you know? So it's, it's a lot of those tough conversations that, that we have even still, you know, every day. Um, but we had them, we, we, we got a lot of really good advice from a lot of really, uh, you know, intelligent people in the space and in the kind of startup community in Lexington, um, of, of like, don't, don't go any further if you can't have those conversations because it's going to fizzle out and you're going to get tired. And there's, I mean, quite literally nights and weekends, like we, like, you know, I, and I had to have, you know, a tough conversation with, with my fiance of like, look, here's what this actually means. Here's what s- founding a software business means. Here's kind of what that trajectory looks like. And the next one to three years while we build this and get it to a place where we can transition to, to it being our full-time jobs. Like I'm going to have to sit some stuff out because I've got to build and, or I've got to do this meeting. We, we literally do, um, we do nightly standups because, um, they're now both full-time at, at Synaptech, but I I'm still working my day job. And so we do 9:30, 10 o'clock at night. We, I, we hop on the computer for 15 to 30 minutes and, Kind of get a download of like what we got done, any blockers, like normal kind of agile stuff. And, and, uh, but we've been pretty consistent about that all, but for, you know, a couple of weeks when, when we just take some time off and, and, um, you know, to, to reset and, um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's really kind of asking yourself tough questions too. like, OK, do you do you know what this means? You're, you're starting a business. And unless you have a trust fund or like a bunch of savings and you can just not work a job like.
3: I keep playing Powerball, but it's not
0: working. Yeah. I mean, it'd be super. <laughs> it, it would have I mean, honestly, probably but we, we may have we may have iterated and, and got to market quicker um, than we did. You know, had we had a, you know, a. I call it the traditional, uh, I guess, cause we kind of fall in that non-traditional sure. f- startup founder kind of, uh, bucket, but, um, yeah, we, we just didn't have that luxury. And so we had to have those tough conversations of like, all right, do we really know what this means? And are we ready to sign up for it? And, uh, luckily it was kind of unanimous yes all around. And, and, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. And, and I, I was kind of joking with them. I was like, you know, whenever each one of us kind of goes, Full time at the different interv- at different intervals. Um, it's kind of like all right, that's kind of day one. Like we've been kind of like pre day one, like V zero point five or something for the for the business. So um, they're they're at, at V one for themselves. I still right reiterate now. that you know my first
2: day, a lot of big things happened. My first <laughs> yeah, day, my and first I day, heard and a lot of
1: clear to our listeners, you know, across the world. Okay, I just want to make sure that yeah. was recorded. <laughs> yeah. and, uh,
2: uh, okay, great, great.
1: Well, the one thing I th- I think I really appreciate with having your entire team here is there's not always this perspective that shared of, Hey, we had this tough conversation. We were having tough conversations nights and weekends. It's, you know, oftentimes it's talking about like Michael, cool, Michael cool Proctor. This is what we're doing. Here's our goal, which is great. People need to hear that. But what you guys are talking about right now is that's the real day in and day out aspects yeah. of being an entrepreneur, trying to start a business. I Get that inner turmoil of, I want to do this, but I'm, you know, I'm on. I think so. a
0: lot of people like the, like the idea of being oh, yeah. a, f- a founder cool. or a co-founder. But they don't necessarily have like a full understanding of what it's going to take. Like if we were in, you know, a consumer app, you know, it'd be probably 10 times easier. Not to say that that's easy by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, you know, we're in a pretty regulated space. And and so there's kind of a lot more that that goes into it than than just a typical consumer app. But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 all sunshine and rainbows in a lot of the books out there. Um, but it is quite literally like, like sun, like this past Sunday, for instance, I went from like going to the grocery, came home and mowed the yard. And at like 2 PM, I was on my computer for a few more hours uh, and then shut it down. Went, you know, grabbed some, some dinner with my fiance. And um, when she went to bed, I was back on the computer. So it was like, you know, it's, it's just like, if you're not ready for that, it's probably not going to happen. And, and I don't say that, like, it's not like that for everybody. I, I'm well aware of that, but um, for a lot of people. And I think it goes unsaid a lot of times. And it's kind of just this pretty picture that's painted. It's a lot of work. Um, so if you're not ready for it. And that was a that was a lot of our, our, our conversation it was like, all right, this is going to take like months, months. And we were like kind of naive, I think, to, oh, to yeah, think we yeah, were yeah, going to yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yo, sure. we'll put this out in like six months to a year. Yeah. And we've had to reset goals. That's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you set the goal and, and kind of backtrace it and like, there's probably a chance that you're not going to hit a hundred percent of it, but there's like a hundred percent chance that you're going to get close. I'm just kind of paraphrasing a, a tweet that I read the other day, but it's, yeah. it was something in, similar to that. So
1: that Hey, that's, that's true. And that's, that's what we like hearing a few questions as we wrap up. So you guys have talked a lot about this transition What was it that made you realize, hey, I want to work for myself?
3: Uh, For me, I don't know if it was necessarily like I want to work for myself as much as like I wanted to solve this problem and not attempting it was a bigger regret than, you know, me just trying to take on, you know, my regular job as, you know, a professor or something. So I don't think it was so much as like I wanted to work for myself as much as I wanted to solve and tackle
1: this problem. Perfect. Cause that was a trick question and they answered it correctly. Yeah. It's a real problem, but, so that's, that's good. That's yep. good stuff. And then, uh, I know we all have our, our quirks or maybe our daily habits are like that. One thing we do kind of a routine, what are a couple of really healthy habits you guys have and you've seen it help your company progress? Maybe, or what are a couple of things that were, uh, they're more resistance for progressing forward. Maybe even a couple of weeks ago when you, when you gave them up. Any behaviors, you know, like morning tea or morning stretch to... Uh,
2: well, I'll suggest to everyone I should, uh, someone who studied exercise physiology, to be exercising regularly uh, and get enough sleep when you can. Actually, so <laughs> in can. all seriousness, those are things actually we've we've talked about as a, as a founding group. So it's very easy when you're very busy to not take care of yourself and uh, not get enough sleep, uh, not be eating well. And we've actually, as a group, to have tried to help one another out at times when we felt like we needed to speak up to one another and say, "Hey, why don't you, why not you go to sleep tonight I've and let's." I've literally know? had Doug tell me like, Dude, well, "I wasn't you out James, go to, but go to sleep, all of us go go to sleep tonight, go to jujitsu tomorrow, get your mind
0: off of it, get recharged."
2: But it is important, you know. You have to balance. There's times you're gonna have to skip, you know, and lose some sleep or skip an exercise session. But y- yeah. you know, you don't want to make that the habit. You want to make sure that. You find even a little bit of time to be taking care of yourself. It's extremely important. You hear actually a lot about that uh, mental health in the startup space. You know, yeah. look, there's there's something to be said about this hustle and grind culture. Go, go, go and work hard. And you should. I mean, I, I think you can tell by talking to the three of us, we embrace it. We like to work and we work a lot. Um, and I think the three of us were like that before we started this. It's not something you can just, I think, turn on very easily. But you you have to also balance that with making sure you're, you're taking care of yourself. So uh, while cliche, I, I think you, you're starting to see a lot more talk about that on the social media uh, space and for startups and entrepreneurs to ensure that you're you're taking care of yourself.
1: Well, hey, last thing, I know you guys are a part of the fellowship program. So glad for you guys to be a part of it. And we're going to kick it in Red River Gorge. Looking forward to that. What are a couple goals that you guys are hoping to accomplish within the next calendar year?
3: Um, so I think the nice thing about the fellowship is it helps you with those kind of bigger goals. Cause I think daily you're putting out fires and it's so easy to get stuck in that, you know, firefighter mode. So the nice thing with the fellowship is, you know, sitting down with Keith every, you know, month and it's like, what are your monthly goals? And, you know, how does that line up with your kind of big time goals and sitting down with the other fellowship companies and learning from them and all at different stages and just different aspects. So I think, you know, on the immediate future, the nice thing with Doug and I being full-time is ramping up our sales, really doing marketing, which we haven't had time to do. Um, And very luckily, Doug's kind of been taking that up as he started after his, you know, very successful first week on the job. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is just now like tooling up and getting that infrastructure, like setting for HubSpot, like, okay, how are we actually going to track all that? Where before is me just like slapping it together. uh, But now we need like actual processes for that. Um, A lot of things are now we have the... The app launched out in the app store, right? How do we put a release cycle now out for that? How do we handle when there's a bug or a major release we have to do? So now it's like we've gotten a little bit of stability. So how do we kind of build some now foundational
2: stuff to move forward? We spent, you know, a couple of years building the Tech rocket ship and preparing for launch and doing all the, you know, preparation and the SnapTech rocket ship is launched and we're strapped in and we're entering space now. So, uh, you kind of can't go back. Uh, you know, there's, there's no landing this thing you're on, you're on, you're on the way to hopefully, uh, I don't know, Mars or wherever people want to <laughs> go nowadays. Uh, but, um, you know, we're, that rocket ship's taken off and, and, and now it's, it's go time. There's no and, going back. Yeah. You're, you're heading to space. So so strap in and, um, you know, Add customers. <laughs> yeah. Grow those customer bases, um, get people to know who we are, what we're trying to do, uh, show them how much we can help them, um, you know, show them how much value we can bring for athletic trainers and physicians and, and ultimately for the care of athletes and concussion programs. Um, and, of course, uh, keep our customers and users happy.
1: There we go. Mm-hmm. Last thing, where can people people find you to support your business?
2: Yep. So
3: the website is synaptech.io. Uh, Twitter, you can follow us uh, at synaptech.io, um, and you just set up some of our. Yeah, we have a
2: Facebook page as well, and you can find us on LinkedIn, Synaptech LLC on LinkedIn.
3: Yep, and then you could probably find all of our personal Twitters and all that stuff there too. We're Beautiful. out there. We're out there. There'll be linked. Yep. Awesome. Hey
1: everyone, thanks for coming down been great getting to know you doug again congratulations on being employee of the year well thank you i I I thought it was Employee of the month
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll start with the month you heard it he said year so
3: your parking parking spot's not going to change though
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's it guys thank you so much for checking out this episode of awesomings podcast and another quick thank you to lee rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in, and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.